0: I moved probably every six months to a year with a new school, new life, new everything. My mom would walk in, say, grab a bag of clothes, let's go, and we would go. And uh, so there were a lot of damages that came from these things. This instability, I was molested, I was raped, I was... Surrounded by drugs and surrounded by carnies and just we were homeless at times. We were living on couches We were all over the place in my childhood And so there was no solid ground for me to stand on and nobody to tell me who God was It was just this is life. This is the way it is. This is where I belong and that's that And I accepted it So when I became older, I was just sort of like I'm gonna be perfect and I'm never gonna do anything wrong I'm never gonna drink, I'm never gonna do drugs, I'm never gonna get tattoos, I'm never gonna have sex, I'm never gonna do anything. I just had this notion in my head. And and one day, something devastating happened where the only adult figure I had in my life that was healthy was my grandma and she died. And so at that point, I was just like, well, why am I doing all this for? Why not have fun? And so I did all those things I said I would never do. Did all the things. And I dipped my toes in every single stream of life that said, Oh, if you do this, it'll get better. If you do this, you'll have fun. And if you do this, you'll be happy. And if you get this man, you'll get uh, prince, finding armor, I don't know. And I just had all these feelings, right? And I just thought, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep doing things. And one of these days, I'm going to build up this life, and I'm going to be successful, and I'm going to be happy, and nobody can stop me. And it worked for a while, <laughs> and uh, see, all that judgment I had for all the Christians of the world who believed in this imaginary friend, suddenly I needed a friend, and there was nobody there. And my life was at a point where I like was successful in my worldly way. I had a good job, I made a lot of money, I had my own place, I paid my own bills, I had two dogs that I treated like they were children. <laughs> and uh, it all crashed and burned. And I, one of the things I said I would never do, I would never move to Visalia. <laughs> oh, here I am. <laughs> um, I said I would never even give Jesus a chance And I was so shattered and so broken that you couldn't have told me anything because the only thing keeping me alive, like without suicide, without all those options, the only thing keeping me here standing was the fact that I had a little brother who loved me and my dad had already lost a daughter so I didn't want him to lose another it that was the only thing I had and I moved here thinking well I'm gonna start over and we'll just it happens because a suicidal person you stop caring at a certain point you just you're numb and everything that the world says that it can give you and you tried it <laughs> it didn't give you anything so you're still just numb and else you have to lose. So when I came here, I went to church with my brother and I met a family and I started reading the Bible. And this was like the big thing for me. When I started reading the Bible, I wasn't reading it to look for God. I was reading it to prove everyone wrong. I was reading it to look at the historical facts, to make fun of it, to judge it. And I started realizing that the Bible is not, it's not just a spiritual weapon but it's the greatest story that has ever been told. And I just, I look at that book and I see every single story and I say, no movie, no TV show, no book that you can buy is gonna be as accurate about human failure and flaw as this book. No book can get that crazy. And instead of seeing God in the wars and the killing and the, you know, you gotta eradicate the land of this people, I didn't see God in that way. I saw people doing bad things to people and as a result, there were consequences. And so I started seeing things a little bit differently and I started continuing to read and study and I got invited to sing with um, a traveling missionary tour and I thought, well, you know, God, you're real. I'm going to do everything wrong and see what happens. <laughs> I did everything wrong and uh, I went to jail for the first time in my life, all within this like little short six month period. I went to jail and I'm sitting in a jail cell and I'm freaking out because I have really terrible anxiety, like bad, and I'm like having the room spin and I'm freaking because I'm in another state and I don't know anybody and I have no money and I look around and I, all I could think of was How He Loves. That song, How He Loves. And that's the only song I knew that was Christian and I just sang it over and over again so it probably everyone around me thought it was crazy. <laughs> but that was like the only thing that held me together. And so I asked them, you know, like where can you put me? I need to be around people because I'm losing my mind. And so they moved me into a new room with some trustees and, and in this room I laid down and on the bunk above me, I lay down on my my pad, and it says, now that you have some time, you should seek God. Mm. Oh, man. Was that a sign? <laughs> so I thought, well, I do have some time. And uh, I started just kind of praying, and as I looked around the room, I started realizing that there were little scriptures, like, just tagged all over this room. It wasn't curse words. It wasn't weird things, it wasn't like, call this number for a good time, it was like a song, 633 And it was just like blowing my mind because I just thought of all the cells for me to go to jail in, because I had never gone to jail before, this would be the one, right? And I sat there and I asked the guard once, I said, hey, are all of these cells like this? And he looked at me and he looked around the room and he said, no, just this one, I guess we haven't painted over it yet. And so in that moment, it was like, well, I guess God's talking to me. I guess I should go on this missionary trip. But since I did everything wrong, I don't think they'll take me because I'm in jail. (laughs) And I don't think I can travel outside of the country because I went to jail. And I didn't raise any money to go on this trip. And it was $5,000. And so I go on this trip. And lo and behold, I got to go. I didn't have any money to give them, but they took me anyways. I said to them directly, um, I don't know if I'm Christian I don't know how to pray with anybody I don't even think I deserve to be here I don't know why I'm here and they looked at me and said it's okay you're here for a reason and that tour was the first thing in my life that really introduced me to a spiritual God a God that is real and, and has love and this energy and it was and just so I was alone. alone and I thought to myself okay well God if you're real I'm like literally just I'm at my wits end. I have nothing else to give you. I have nothing else to say. Like, what do you want me to do? Because I'm ready to quit. I just am. I'm done with life. I'm done with being a missionary. I'm done. And I got offered a job while I was up there in the Bay Area. It was like $27 an hour, which like, sounds like a lot, but maybe up there it's not that much. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, I could take this job. I could quit being a missionary. I could quit. Searching, searching for God. I could quit all this and just start o- over again. And a thought came to me. And sometimes I think those are God thoughts. And he basically whispered in my ear, you want to start over again like you did every six months of your childhood? And I thought to myself, no. I guess I, I want to complete something for once. So I came back and My life started over. I have developed these rules for faith. And faith is what, honestly, I think most of us need more than anything. Because we can know all the things. We can know all the scriptures. We can know what he says and what he's doing and what all these things. We can know things. But it doesn't mean anything if you have no faith. You have no faith in what you can do. And so when we preach about a God that can heal, that can move mountains, that, you know, he created the stars, he created the, the ground that we stand on, and yet we don't believe that he can make us happy, or we don't believe that he can pick us up out of our mess and change our lives, like, that's what faith, that's why we need faith. Because that faith is knowing who he is and knowing what he can do and believing wholeheartedly that he is there for you, that he cares about you. And no matter what you do, he's still there. Yeah. You can't yeah. lose him. So I'm going to read some scriptures to you. And the first one is Jeremiah 18:4 through 6 it says, put the pot he was shaping, Put the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, can I not do with you, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. And I just thought... All those times that I thought to myself, even, you will never change, you will always be a mess, you will always be stuck here in this zone, you will never get better, you will never see this, you will never see that, all those things, and he's like, don't you know, don't you know that I can do all those things? Like, when I went on that missionary trip, I didn't raise $5,000, it showed up, he did that, right, and so you have to, like, remember, he can, even if you think you can't so I developed this never-say-never never attitude. I'm not doing that again because <laughs> everything I said I'd never do, I did, right? And, and on top of that, though, everything that I thought was never possible became possible. So that's important. Now, the next one is Ecclesiastes 11.5, and this is one of my favorite books because I feel like it relates to me in so many ways. I'm just vain. Everything is vanity. I'm just <laughs> a mess. <laughs> And it says, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. And so, see, God, he literally knows everything. He knows what you show him. He knows what you hide from him. He knows every lie you've ever told. And he knows the truth behind every lie you've ever told. He literally knows everything. And what happens sometimes is we take our anxieties and our worries and then we wrap them up in what we think we know. But there's like this backstory and he's just like, but wait, there's more to come. Or, but wait, it's not that bad. Or, but wait, and we just are like, we're on a tangent and we're off because we don't trust him, right? And so we have to declare that he knows more than us. So that's my next step in faith. And then Psalm 51, 16 through 17 says, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. And that hits me, because there is not a single thing you can do that will change his love for you. It won't make it better or less. He just loves. Period, and it's just that's the way it is. Just there, and there's nothing you can do to change the level of how much he loves you. So when he dies on the cross, when he suffers, when he goes through all the beatings and the the, the way that people have treated him, and he sees the sadness on his children's face, every little detail he has felt and experienced, but he loves you. He loves you through and through. And and some of us like we we think oh I didn't murder anybody so I'm not that bad. Well, that makes you that bad. Like right there, the fact that you decided to judge someone and decided that they were worse than you that makes you equally as bad in God's eyes. So it's important for us to know that no matter what, all the deeds that we do, like the giving away things and you know like the shirt off my back, you want to take it, whatever. All of that doesn't mean anything if you don't have faith it's just a bunch of actions it makes you look good maybe but it's not faith and without faith you literally not next thing is a uh, second Corinthians 15 9 and 10 it says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses and insults, and hardships, and persecution, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Jesus. What I endure, what I survive, that makes Him powerful. How I achieve the next goal because I don't feel like I'm adequate enough to do it on my own, but I still got there, is because of Him. Amen. So nothing that we do has any value when He's not in it. Great. Matthew five thirty eight forty two says, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist the evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And this is probably one of my hardest truths to follow. And, and the words, do not resist, and Strong's definition for the Greek is do not withstand. Meaning it's not our Hebrews ten, thirty-two and thirty-five it says, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you, you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And so that to me is like, okay, everything could be, we can have a terrible day today. Everything can go wrong, but there's always something beautiful around you. You woke up today. You got to see someone smile today. You got to make someone smile today. Like all these tiny little things are seriously blessings from God. The fact that you are intricately woven together, like the cells, everything in your body works so seamlessly. That's a miracle. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to be excited and happy about that. Because we woke up. Because we got another day and another chance and another opportunity. And this is probably the hardest part of all. Do everything in love. Man, <laughs> how hard can that be when you're like so used to being angry, right? <laughs> I think to myself, do everything in love. I have to tell myself that so many times a day. Like, uh, my coffee was made wrong, now I'm mad. But I gotta do everything in love, so I gotta be patient and I have to believe that they made that mistake on accident, not on purpose, right? And I gotta love them through it. And it's just like little things, though, right? But we just have to believe that love is going to win anyways. And it has. So many times have I, like, seen my past self get really angry and say all the wrong things and get more in trouble versus the new self who does everything in love and, and it goes away. Absolutely. There was no problem anymore because I loved and that was all that mattered. Matthew 25, 35-36 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So see, you radiate his heart just by being kind. You radiate who he is in your life just by loving the next person and it's so simple like we make things really difficult like in order for me to be loved i have to make sure i make 100 sandwiches and pass them out to the homeless people hundred that's not the way it works that's not the way it, you just have to go talk to them yes and, and that's why I love one of, like, one of our ministries, Hood Outreach. I love it just because we get to go to the Oval and just sit there and visit and get to know them and love them. Mm-hmm. And that alone does more for them than a sandwich could ever do. Yep, it's ever. true. Now, the foundation of our faith has to be on belief. Believe that it is worth it or that it will be worth it. And 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight through 59 says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And then we have to trust him. Romans 8 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his good purpose. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll tell you enough how many times that I have just laid it all down for him. And I tell people this sometimes and some people might get really mad at me, but I say, you know what, be real with God. If you need to yell at God, at least you're going to God. If you need to be angry with God, at least go straight to the man and talk to him, right? At least go. Because he's going to rejoice over the fact that you turned to him before you turned to your neighbor and got angry with them. And he's going to rejoice over the fact that instead of taking it out on somebody, you went straight to him so that he could minister to you and change your mind. And sometimes we just, we want to live on our own and think on our own because that's our culture. It's an eye for an eye we fall about yourself everywhere we go, fall about the things that we own, fall about the name brands, the celebrities that we watch on TV, the football games, every little detail of these things that don't even matter in the end. The world could literally fall apart tomorrow. And what will you have if you don't even have him? So you have to stop. You just stop your life. And this is my testimony to my faith. Yes. It took me a long time to trust him completely. It took me a long time. And there were some rough days in the last year. Because Satan was like pissed. Satan was just not happy that that I was going to really surrender this time. He was angry. So he threw all kinds of things. We got bugs. We got stolen stuff. We like... Moved. We did all these things, and it was just like this chaotic year, but every single time I would stop and I would just say, God, what are you going to do about this? Because I can't. And he would come through every single time. All those months that I didn't have a job because I was a missionary, because I knew that I had to give my whole heart to God, he provided every single month. And it wasn't always like on time. It was like the 12th. Rent was due on the first. But we have this great landlord that just didn't show up till the 13th. Like, how awesome is that, right? Like, it doesn't happen in the normal day-to-day life. But God provides. He constantly does. But it literally takes a full surrender. It literally takes trust. It literally takes an emptying of yourself and everything you need to you know about the world and your life and everything about it to really give him a chance to change because he will change your world. He will change your heart, he will change your mind, he will change your world, he will change your family, he will change everything. But it takes pure surrender, with no shame, with nothing that holds it back. So when you're here worshiping your God and you feel like you gotta dance, but you're afraid that the person next to you is gonna judge you, that's not worshiping your God. When you are down on your knees in love with God and you are sobbing and you are crying, but you stop because someone starts laughing, that's not a pure surrender to God. Because a pure surrender to God is saying, I don't care who is looking, I don't care who is thinking, I don't care what they feel, I don't care if they hate me tomorrow. I will give him everything I have because he's given me everything he has. And that is faith. And it works and it's powerful, and it's real. And I never, ever in my life would have ever thought that I would stand up here and tell you guys this. Yes. So that alone is a miracle, because I was a mean person. But we're all human. We have our past, but we have a beautiful future when you choose that. Amen.